Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Untitled Car Show. It's Eclipse Day. Everyone get ready for the solar eclipse, the great American solar eclipse. Um, I am in the D.C. area, which means it's going to be kind of shitty here for that. As far as I understand, it's going to be like 80%, so it's going to be like maybe a cloudy day at best in terms of like um, how dark it gets outside, and it's going to be um, like miserable outside in terms of temperature. So uh, and my little one's two and a half, so I don't think I'm going to really get so super excited about this. I feel a little, like, it's weird, because I'm a big science nerd. I love, you know, science and technology, and that's part of the reason I like mechanical stuff like cars. But, like, I can't get super enthused over this for some reason. Like, you show me a documentary about, um, like, the formation of the solar system, uh, anything astrological or astronomical, not astrological, because not horoscopes, uh, but anything like that, and I will sit down and I will watch that shit. Um, this, though, I can't really get super excited for some reason, so. Also, I do enjoy, um, there's, oh, like a Dodge Stratus, that's, uh, weird to see one of those in that good of condition. Um, I do enjoy Mitsubishi is going to launch the Eclipse Cross today. It's my understanding. So that should be entertaining. Um, and Chiquita Banana is doing a stupid promotion too. So, sorry. I just lost the banana. just lost them as a sponsor. Um, but yeah, it, it seems so weird to try and take it, not take advantage, but try to brand the solar eclipse to try and brand the lunar phenomenon? I don't know. It is something, there is something somewhat, I guess, Orwellian is kind of the best way to put it. Like, we're going to try and sell advertising on the back. Ooh, that would be a thing. Laser uh, graphics onto the moon, like, for a product, like a big old Apple logo on the back of the moon would just be hilarious. Like, that would be, like, the ultimate in, like, we've reached a point of no return in our society with that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, though. I'm I'm excited. I like that everyone is, is excited because it's such a great phenomenon, and it would be a good road trip to do, um, you know, try and drive and keep up with the eclipse. Um, probably in a convertible, although the driver's kind of best so well. Um, I did read, and I thought you all might find this interesting. So back when the Concorde was first coming out, uh, when it was still in its prototype days, there was like a seven-minute-long eclipse uh, over Africa. So like the point of, like, prominence or, like, the point of, like, maximum time in the United States this year, I think it's something on the order of uh, two to four minutes, if I read correctly, and, I mean, that's, don't get me wrong, for the sun to be completely blotted out, that's a very long time, but uh, I guess it varies depending on 
orbit, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so it's really about the, we're prototyping the Concorde, and the um, eclipse was going to be seven minutes over Africa. And if you look at the map, if you look at how fast the moon travels across the sky, it's roughly equivalent to around, like, high Mach 1, so like Mach 1.7 and Mach 2, basically. Um, it's kind of like it's perceived ground speed. Um, so, researchers uh, got in touch with the uh, company. So, like, the French company, kind of like Peugeot, uh, were partially owned by the state. So they got in touch with them and said, hey, we would love to take this opportunity to do research on the eclipse. So uh, the Concord designer said, yeah, they thought it would be a great way to show off the unique capabilities of the Concord. So they had to install special windows on the top of the Concord. It was on the prototype. So it had to be like quartz reinforced glass because it was, you know, Mach 2. Um, you're going super fast, it's super high heat, at super low pressures, it's such a weird set of requirements. So they have to put special force windows in. You know, you think about it, you're prototyping a vehicle, and then someone asks you, can you use it for something that it was never designed to do, but it would be good at doing because of it? And that's kind of what I like about the human spirit when it comes to like engineering and invention and all that. So they put these little porthole windows on the top of the cockboard and then they invited in all these researchers to uh, view the, like to put their equipment in. And from what I understand, because the Concord Mach 2, different types of pressure, and obviously it's a pressurized cabin, I guess it has to be pressurized, or the pressure differential is greater, so it's a bigger fire risk. So all the equipment had to be like really, really sure that nothing was going to spark, short circuit, or do anything like that, because it could just basically knock the plane out of the sky. And again, prototype Concord. I mean, one crash did the Concord end. Could you imagine if that crash was in the very beginning of that program? So. They brought these researchers in, and the plane was able to basically meet up with the eclipse over Sahara, Africa, and fly for something in the order of 70 minutes. Um, and the limitation it had was not so much its fuel, but it was the uh, runways in Africa that were able to support a Concord landing. So. Concord option not a big plane, but it comes in fast because it's got those short, stubby wings, uh, so it can do supersonic flight. So it needs a super long runway because it comes in at a super, or at a very high speed for an airline. So, and that record still stands for ground-based uh, observation of a solar eclipse. Not ground-based, but like, I guess, sub-atmospheric, subspace. I don't know. Subspace makes it sound cool. It gives kind of like subspace eclipse viewing. Anyway, um, so I thought that was cool. I was reading about that, watched a YouTube on it, and um, I think it was, who did the uh, video? It was 
like Shy Droid, something like that. Uh, if you just Google it, that it'll come up. Um, I know not terribly car related, but I figure what? it in terms of uh, you know it's engineering, it's science, it's fun, it's cool. Um, yeah. So again, it's the Monday show, just kind of a little bloggy show. So was working on the vehicle this weekend, and like I said, I've had the motor mounts in. It, you know, prepped in place, probably going to be not the permanent mounts, but just good enough to get us where we need to go. Anyway, um, sorry, the Waze is talking to me. I don't know if you can hear that. The, uh, I'm getting blocked in by people who have no idea what they're doing. Nevada, this is called traffic. Driving from Nevada, not really understanding what's going on on the road. Anyway, so I was working on the car. The motor's in, obviously, we're working on it. But I've been having an issue that I really didn't understand. So I thought with the super humid air we had here, um, you know, that I was dealing with the car rusting up because I could get it to spin freely when I first bought it, and it was fine. And then it would kind of get tight on me, but I was able to turn it. I've been spraying a little WD-40 into it. So, you know, just spray with WD-40, kind of like played with it and massage, and never really had an issue since then. And then, um, before like the last month, I was really fighting it. What is it turning? Like, I could put a ton of torque into it, and nothing was happening. So, I was playing. I put in all sorts of anti-rust stuff. I tried like the super... Uh, like special mix, if you go online, it's like you use lemon juice and vinegar and you pour it in and it's like the best rust inhibitor and tried all these different things. I'm just like, God, this thing still is rusted. I'm going to have to rip this whole engine apart. I'm going to have to take a look inside of it, blah, blah, blah. So I was driving with my daughter the other day. We're just going out and about our little weekend ritual, you know, uh, my wife's at work uh, on the weekends, critical care nurse, all that. So I'm driving around about, and I do what I always do because she's, she's talking, she's two and a half, uh, but she's not really asking questions. So I'm always, we're, we're trying to encourage that. So um, I'll just sit in there and I'll just let my mind wander and go like, why is the sky blue? The sky is blue because, you know, the oxygen and nitrogen in the atmosphere absorb more of one wavelength than the other, and the wavelength that comes out is more of a bluish. I'll just kind of let my mind wander to trees and stuff, and occasionally wanders to car, and I go like, why is Daddy's engine not turning? Daddy thinks it's rust, and blah, 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 blah. And it hit me. Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. Um... It hit me, I'm like, wait a minute. Since it's been fouling up, has been since I put the starter on it. So after we went out and we had our little daddy-daughter day, and she goes down for her nap, um, I go out to the garage and I pull off the starter, put just a little, like, wrench on it, and it spins wonderfully. I'm like, okay, 
So that's not the issue. The issue is the starter. So <laughs> I have isn't that sorry. I have two starters. I've been sneezing a lot and I don't know quite why. Um, so I have two starters, one's from the Nissan motor, one's from the uh Volvo motor. Um, so the Nissan motor doesn't quite fit right, so we're just kind of messing around with the different uh, housings and all that stuff. Um, so what's happening is because of where the plate is on the uh, where the flywheel is on the Audi, the teeth of the Volvo are locking into place, not letting it spin. So that's the issue. And then I tried the Nissan one, same issue. So I was trying to avoid having to buy a actual Audi uh, starter, but I think just for sake of like peace of mind and all that, I'm gonna end up having to. So it's expensive, it kind of is not one thing I wanna spend money on, but I'm going to end up having to spend money on it. So that's kind of where that's at. Um, but we're getting fuel lines hooked up and wiring hooked up, and we're going along pretty well. So um, we're going to call this one just a little early. Sorry for kind of like the briefness of this episode. But just a quick little plug it in, put it on your commute. We'll be back to longer and longer episodes just to kind of go on. Um, I know a lot of other podcasts are kind of taking summer breaks, um, and I really don't want to do that, but it's just been such a little hectic time in personal life um, that it's kind of been a necessity. So we'll be back, or maybe I'll put out a couple more little quick episodes this week. Uh, not quite sure. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank all the new listeners for coming and joining me, um, and, you know, Make sure to follow us on all the social media at Untitled Car Show. And have a good night. Have a good evening. Wherever you are, whatever time it is there, thank you so much for listening. And please, be safe out there.